Good evening. Good to see you. Good to be in presence on this afternoon and happy for the invitation of you being able to invite us up to be able to come and share with you the word of God on this afternoon. Been looking forward for this opportunity as well. And it's just good to see you guys. I'm stalling because I just want to look at your beautiful faces. It's been a while since we've seen one another and it's just good uh, to see you guys. Happy to be back. Happy to be back. My friends, if you have your Bible with you, we're going to be turning to the last book in the Bible. They call it Revelation. Uh, we'll be there for this afternoon, making some points there. Our task on tonight, as we're talking about titles that are related to Jesus, we'll be talking about Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega. We're starting in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is a book that pretty much is saying it looks bad, but it's going to get better. It looks bad, but it's going to get better. It's a book of encouragement in light of what the Christians were going through. And they're going to hear titles related to Jesus, Alpha and Omega. And when they hear those titles, it's going to strengthen them in light of what they're going through. The Bible lets us know by way of verse number five. We'll start there and we'll begin to work our way down. And then we'll explore some of the statements that Jesus will make as he's described, describing himself. Verse five tells us, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and, and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our own sins, from our sins in his own blood. Uh, we see Jesus. He's the faithful witness. We see Jesus. He's the first begotten from the dead. We see Jesus. He's prince of kings of the earth, and he has washed us with his blood. In verse 6, the text says, and have made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. Now when they're hearing that he's made us priests and kings and they're going through being tortured and so many things, these particular scriptures are strengthening them. In verse seven, John says, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. Did you catch that in verse 7, where the Bible says, every eye will see him? You know, it's not going to be as if you wake up tomorrow, some of us are gone, and you're still here. It won't be like that. The Bible declares that every eye shall see him. You will know if Jesus has returned. Every eye will see Jesus. The Bible even declares that those who pierced him, they will know. All kindreds of the earth shall well because of him, even so, amen. And then we enter into verse 8. Our topic for tonight as we're talking about Alpha and Omega, Jesus says this, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Jesus says he's Alpha. Alpha, that's the first letter in the Greek alphabet. He's Omega, that's the last letter in the Greek alphabet. Alpha, he's first. Omega, he's last. As he's explaining to John, or introducing himself to John again, he says, I am Alpha and Omega, first and last. In case John missed it, notice what he says after that. The beginning and the ending. 
That's still Alpha and Omega, first and last, beginning and ending. He's making a pattern here. And then the Bible says, saith the Lord. Then he goes a step further. For our first point, as we're looking at Alpha and Omega, I'm going to say to you that Alpha and Omega covers three time periods. Alpha and Omega covers three time periods. Jesus will explain in verse 8. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. Notice the time periods, which is, that's present, which was, that's past, and which is to come, that's future. You mean he's all that? Amen. That's Alpha. That's Omega. That's the first. That's the last. That's the beginning. That's the ending. Jesus says, I am he which is, present tense, and what which was, past tense, and which is to come. When you're thinking about Jesus, Jesus is able to see the past, present, and future in one scope. You and I can't do that. I don't know what the future is going to be like. I don't know what's going to happen on tomorrow. But you know who does? Jesus. Even though he's in the present tense with us, but he knows what's going to happen on tomorrow. Only Alpha first, beginning, only Omega ending last only that individual knows he crosses over three time periods declaring himself to be alpha and omega now just when you think you've had enough he closes out verse 18 by saying this the almighty have you ever heard anybody call themselves the almighty jesus is the only one that can declare that he is the Almighty. If you get a chance to look it up, the Almighty, you're going to the Strong's Concordance in the Greek version. You're looking for number 3841. And the term Almighty means the all-ruling. The all-ruling. What do we have? He's Alpha. He's Omega, which is, which was, and which is to come. He is the Almighty the all-ruling. Now think about it. If you were living in that day and time and you received this letter, the book of Revelation, and you were being tortured, you were being abused by the Roman government, all of this is happening to you, and you receive this, that Jesus is the almighty, the all-ruling, that means he's over Caesar. That means he's over everyone. So when you receive this letter, this is good news. He's Alpha, he's Omega, the beginning, the ending. He's the one which is, which was, and which is to come. He is the Almighty. When you got that letter and you read that, that would stir you up. And that would strengthen you and make you want to keep moving in the right direction. But just when you think you had enough, Jesus says the same thing again. You're still in Revelation. Drop down to verse number 11. After John is speaking, and John talks about how he heard a great voice behind him that sounded like thunder, Jesus interrupts by way of verse number 11. And in verse number 11, Jesus says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Have we heard that before? Have we heard him say that yet? Yes. Well, there's something about repeating something over and over again. 
where my wife wants me to go to the grocery store and she repeats that list over and over again because she wants me to come home with those items, amen? And she repeats that list and I make it home with one out of that three, something's wrong. The repeating was there for a reason so that I could come home with those items. But here we are now, Jesus is repeating the same thing. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Here's our second point. Alpha and Omega implies that Jesus can command us to do his will. Alpha and Omega, it implies that Jesus can command us to do his will. It's found in verse number 11. Let's read it. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write it in a book. Send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Notice the command that is given. I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write it in a book and send it unto the seven churches. Why is it that he can tell John to document this? Because he's Alpha and Omega. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the ending. He's one which is, which was, and which is to come. He is the Almighty. He has every right to command John to write the things in this book. And you know what? He has all authority to command you and I to go out and do his bidding. That's why we preach the gospel. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're commissioned to do that, to go out and preach the word of God. Why do we do it? Because Alpha and Omega has commissioned you and I to go out and preach his word and to be able to give his word to those who are lost in sin. He's Alpha. He's the first. He's Omega. He's the last. In case we missed it in verse 11, he made it real simple, the first and the last. And then he told John, I need you to write this down in the book and send it to the seven churches that are located in Asia. Just when you think you've had enough of Jesus telling you who he is, he does it again. You're dropping down to verse number 17. When you reach the 17th verse, Alpha and Omega implies that Jesus is eternal. Alpha and Omega, it implies that Jesus is eternal. You're looking at verse 17 and 18. And when I saw him, this is John, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Jesus saw John that day. He laid his right hand upon him, and he said, Fear not. Then he told him again, I am the first and the last. Then he tells him this, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Because he's Alpha and Omega, he is eternal. The fact that he says, I am alive forevermore, evermore he's eternal when you and i think about alpha and omega you need to view jesus as being eternal let's read verse 8 and then let's read verse number 18 and notice how they harmonize together we'll take eight first and then we'll jump to 18. i am alpha and omega the beginning and the ending saith the lord 
which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. That's Jesus. Only Jesus can declare that he is Alpha and Omega. You know, I grew up watching Muhammad Ali, and I used to love to hear him talk, amen. You used to love to hear, listen to him run his mouth, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. He had all these rhymes. And then there's one that he said, he said, you know what, I'm so fast, I'm so fast, I can turn the light out and be in the bed before it get dark. He, he just had all these sayings, and he just pumped himself up before he got in the ring. But there's only one person that has ever graced this earth who wears the title, I am Alpha and Omega, and that is Jesus. You can't top that. Oh, Ali said some great things. What about Ric Flair? Oh, you remember Ric Flair, guy from North Carolina? You remember him? To be the man, you got to beat the man. And baby, I am the man. Woo! And he gave a woo. You remember Ric Flair? How he would talk a good game, and then Ric Flair would strut all across that ring, and, and he was just awesome. But all that talking, nobody compares to King Jesus of Christ. Nobody compares to the one who says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. It begins with Jesus and it will end with Jesus. Well, brother, what about everything in the middle? He's still there as well. Didn't he tell us which is, which was, which is to come? There hasn't been a period of time where Jesus has not existed. You go back to the walls of Jericho, he's there. You go back to the days of Noah, he's there. You go all the way back to the garden where God, God said, let there be light, he was there. You go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 and 27, let us, who was he talking to? Let us make man in our image. Well, he had to be talking to the Godhead, and Christ is part of that. There has not been a time where Jesus did not exist. Only Jesus can make that statement that I'm Alpha and Omega. Notice again 18. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Notice the other thing we find out. Notice the power of the one who declares himself to be the Almighty. Notice his power. At the end of verse number 18, he says, and have the keys of hell and of death. Now, who do you know that holds the keys to hell and death? I know you probably met some bad people before in your life. Everybody's got a bad cousin. I'll say it for you. Amen. <laughs> Everybody's got a bad cousin. But he's not, as bad, he's not so bad that he holds the what? Keys to hell and death. What do we use keys for? Well, to unlock something or to lock something to open a door or to close that door Jesus says he has the keys to hell and that would be Hades uh, the place of departed souls or spirits and then he declares that he also has the keys to death now I'm ready to follow the one who declares himself to be Alpha and Omega the beginning and the ending I'm ready to follow the one who declares that I have the keys to hell and to death. Now, if he's got the keys to hell and death, 
Don't you also think he's got the keys to a place called heaven? Oh, so he's just going to have the keys to the bad places. <laughs> if he's got access to Hades, if he has the keys to death, then he is instrumental in helping you and I make it to a beautiful place that is called heaven. He declared to us in John 14 that I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people, and the one who declares himself to be the Alpha and Omega has prepared that place for you and I. All we have to do is just try to make it there one day. All we have to do is just keep living a faithful life, and heaven will be ours. Notice verse 19. As Jesus is still speaking, verse 19 says, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. He's speaking to John. And as he's talking to John, he's telling John to write the information down in three time periods. He's already showed us that he covers three time periods, and he's telling John to document that information the same way. Notice what he says to John in verse 19. Write the things which thou hast seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. Write the things that thou hast seen, past tense, and the things which are, presence, and the things which shall be hereafter. He's looking toward the future. He told John, I want you to document it this way. This is how I want you to write down the information. Cover everything you possibly can. We're talking about Jesus as Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. Now, we're in chapter 1. Before you leave chapter 1 and enter into chapter 2 and chapter 3, where Jesus will begin to talk about the seven churches of Asia, where he will begin to reprove them and rebuke them. And he's rebuking them because of the actions that they have taken, the things that they have done. But before you get to Jesus reproving them, he has already announced in chapter 1 who he is. He's already declared that he has authority. I'm the Almighty. He's already demonstrated that he's Alpha and Omega. So when he hits chapter 2, they have to adhere to what he's saying because he is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. He lays a solid foundation in terms of who he is that no matter what is covered from that point on, you know who you're dealing with. So in chapter 1, he's repeating, I'm Alpha and Omega. Do you know what he's saying when he gets to the last chapter of the book of Revelation? Flip to chapter 22. When you land in chapter 22, and you're looking for verse number 13, chapter 22 and verse 13, Jesus says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Chapter 1, he's Alpha and Omega. Chapter 22 at the end, he's still Alpha and Omega. So chapter 1, first, Alpha. Chapter 22, it's the last one, Omega. Jesus got it all covered. He starts Revelation off with, I'm Alpha and Omega. He closes Revelation with, I'm Alpha and Omega. You cannot read through this book and then say, who is Jesus? 
Who's this individual named Jesus? No, you can't walk away being lost because chapter 1 declares who he is. And then just in case you got lost with all of those symbolic meanings throughout the entire book of Revelation, when you get to chapter 22, here he comes again. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. You remember when John the baptizer was put in prison and John sent a couple of his disciples to Jesus and he said, ask him, art thou he that should come or should we look for another? They went to Jesus that day and they said, John sent us and he wants to know, art thou he that should come? Or should we look for another? And Jesus told them that the blind see, the lame walk. He begins to run down this list of things that he has done. And then they went back and told John that information. Listen, we're not asking the question, art thou he that should come or should we look for another? We're not asking that question. Jesus is the one. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. We're not looking for another Jesus. We've got our man. Amen. He's King Jesus of Christ. He's from the beginning, and he'll be there at the end. And so when we start looking all throughout this Bible and we're researching the Alpha and Omega, we're just talking about Jesus over and over again and what he's capable of doing. We're back now in chapter 1 of the book of Revelation. And when you land in chapter one, we're going back now to verse number five. We're dealing now with the word first. Since he's alpha, he's first. And we're dealing with the word first now. I wanna say to you that Jesus was the first man to die, resurrect, and never to die again. Jesus was the first man to die, to resurrect, and never to die again. Revelation chapter 1, you're looking at verse number 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. Jesus is the first begotten of the dead. I know he's God's only begotten son. I get that. But how is he the first begotten of the dead? Well, Jesus is the first to die, to resurrect, and to never die again. I know there was a man named Lazarus. He died. Jesus brought him back to life again. But at some point, Lazarus died again. I know there was a lady named Dorcas. She died. Peter brought her back to life. But at some point, Dorcas died again. There is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. And when he died, they buried him. Three days later, he resurrected, and he's still alive forevermore. That's why he declares himself to be the Almighty. Could you imagine him saying that? You're just going to introduce yourself to somebody and say, I'm the Almighty. No, you got to say that with some power. You, you just can't just squeeze that out of your mouth. One of my favorite cartoons when I was growing up was called Mighty Mouse. And I don't know if you remember Mighty Mouse, but when Mighty Mouse would come in to save the day, he would swoop in with that cape and he would land on the ground and he would say, here I come to save the day. That was Mighty Mouse. He would announce what he was about to do. He came in with authority. But when we're talking about Jesus, do you really think he said this? I'm Alpha 
Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, which was, which is to come, Almighty. How do you think that came out of his mouth on that day? And he's talking about himself. And they're giving a letter to the children of God to be able to encourage them. When the people grabbed this letter and found out that the Alpha and Omega is still alive and well, when they found out that he's the Almighty, when they found out that he's still ruling, this strengthened them. And this gave them encouragement. So when we're talking about the word first, Jesus being the first, another example will be first Peter, if you will. First Peter, uh, when you get to first Peter, you're looking for chapter two. And when you reach first Peter chapter two, we're looking for verse number 21 down to verse 22. I want to say to you that Jesus was the first person to live on earth without sinning. We know that he's alpha. We know that he's first. But he also was the first person to live on earth without sinning. You're in 1 Peter chapter 2. You're looking at verse number 21 and 22. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who did no sin, he is the first to live a sinless life on this place called earth. He's the first to die, resurrect, and never to die again. He's the first person to live on earth without sinning. And you know what? Jesus is the first to give sight to the blind. You're looking for John chapter 9. John the ninth chapter. For lack of a better name here, it's the blind man. We don't have his name, but we just still call him the blind man, even though he has his sight now. You're in John chapter 9. When you reach John the ninth chapter, as this individual is being questioned, he begins to explain to them who healed him and gave him his sight. But he makes a statement here in John chapter 9 and verse number 32. He says, since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? That man told them that day, he said, listen, since the world began, since the beginning of time, has it ever been said that someone opened the eyes of the blind? Now, that's very important because that's one of the prophecies from Isaiah in terms of what Jesus would do when he came on the scene. He would give sight to the blind. He is the first to give sight to the blind. We're looking now at Jesus and just with the word first being alpha we see him in action over and over again so why is it that I should follow Jesus well he's alpha and omega he's the beginning he's the ending he's the first he's the last he's the one which is which was and which is to come he is the almighty the all ruling why is it that I should follow him there's not another person that wears that title but Jesus. He is the only one who can declare himself to be that. And that is why you and I should follow Jesus. When we go a step further and we hear him making the statement that I'm alpha first, 
He also says that he's omega, meaning last. Uh, let's look at something dealing with the word last here. You're going to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 10. When you reach Romans, the 10th chapter, I would say to you that Jesus is the end uh, of the law. And we find that here in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 4. Romans 10 and verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. What did the law do? Well, it served its purpose. It allowed them or directed them to Christ. It pointed the way to Christ. And then when Christ comes on the scene now, everything is going to change. When we look in verse number four, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. In order for you to be saved today, you've got to go through Jesus. Salvation is only in Jesus, and rightfully so, because he is Alpha and Omega. He reminds us of that in John chapter 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. Only Alpha and Omega could say such a thing. And so when we're looking at the text and we're looking at Jesus step by step as he's just moving through the pages of inspiration, you and I are going to walk away with this embedded in the heart of our mind that he is Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the ending. He's the first and the last. I have no desire to follow anyone else. Jesus is all we need. He's the one that we've been looking for. He's the one we've been waiting for. And he has showed up. He's been in the past, the present, and future. Only Alpha and Omega could cover all three. And so when we're talking about him, there is just so much that shines forth. John chapter 19, if you will. John the 19th chapter, as we're talking about the last or the end. When you reach John the 19th chapter, we see our Lord now. He's on the cross. He's hanging between the twilights of two worlds. There are several things that he will state while he's on the cross. One of those appears in verse number 30 of John the 19th chapter. In verse number 30, the Bible says, when Jesus therefore had received vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It is finished. Alpha, he's first, he's the beginning. Omega, he's the ending, he's the last. That day, he said, it is finished. He bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Our Lord died that day, but you know what? Three days later, he got up again and declared that all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. We serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We serve God's only begotten Son. And in the book of Revelation, he has stirred our hearts up by declaring that he's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. Why is it that I should follow Jesus? Well, there is no one before Jesus, and there'll be no one after Jesus. We're not looking for another one. We have him, King Jesus of Christ. Why is it that I should follow Jesus? No one else has the keys to hell and death but Jesus. That's why we should follow him. You cannot make it to heaven 
without Jesus. And that's why he says, I am Alpha. I'm first. I'm the beginning. That's why he says, I'm Omega. I'm the ending. I'm the last. It starts with Jesus. It will end with Jesus. And one of these glorious days, you and I will be able to put our eyes on the one that we've read about. The one that we've been serving, one day we'll be able to see him as he truly is. That's going to be a marvelous day to be able to fix your eyes on the one that we've been reading about. So when we talk about Jesus being Alpha and Omega, he is. He's number one. He should be number one in our hearts, and we should be more committed to serving him. Just put yourself in the book of Revelation. And if you were in that day and time and you were being tortured and you're just trying to hang on for dear life and you receive this letter stating that the one you serve is alive and well, the one you serve is the almighty, the one you serve is the alpha and omega, this would strengthen you and to cause you to keep moving in the right direction. I don't know what it is that you're going through today in your life, but there's a remedy for it. It's called the Bible. There's something in here. There's a scripture in here for whatever it is that you're going through. Fall in love with this book. It's going to encourage you. It's going to lift you up, and it's going to help you to keep going in the right direction. So today we saw that he's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, and the first and the last. And if you're sitting in your seat and saying, how many times is he going to say that? Well, how many times did Jesus say it in chapter 1? Why do you think he kept saying it over and over again? Why do we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? It's the same story, isn't it? But the more you read it over and over again, you get a different point of view. And before you know it, it sticks in your head that way. And that's what he did in chapter 1. And then just in case you lost sight of who he was, when you get to the last chapter, he says it again before they shut the book. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. My friends, if you're here today and you had a chance to examine your life and you're warning what it is that you need to do in order to be saved, Jesus extends an invitation to all mankind. You're turning now to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. When you reach chapter 11 of the book of Matthew, you're looking for verse number 28 through verse number 30. Jesus, the Alpha and Omega, extends an invitation. Notice the first word that you see in verse number 28. It's the word come. The word come. There is something that you and I must do in order to be saved. We've got to come to Jesus. He begins with, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What's the prescription here? Come. That's the first thing. Come unto me, who? All ye that labor and are heavy laden. Does that sound like us? Then he says, and I will give you what? rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Basically, this is what Jesus is trying to say. You take my yoke upon you and you learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burdens are light. I'm going to take what you have and I'm going to give you what I've got. But in order for this to happen, you've got to come. We've got to come to Jesus. There's an exchange that he wants to happen here. He wants to give us something that's light and easy, and he wants to take all those burdens away that you and I possessed. But if we don't come, nothing will ever happen. If one wants to be saved today, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse number 17, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear the word of God, it produces faith. Well, do I need faith in order to be saved? Yes, you do. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is reward of them who diligently seek him. Have you noticed that we're still talking about come? That there is something that you must do? Come unto ye, all me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And then in order to come to God, one must believe in God. We have to believe in God. We have to believe in his son, Jesus the Christ. We must believe that he lived, he died for our sins, he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. After we have established belief in God and in his son, we move to the next step, and that's repenting of our sins. Jesus said in Luke 13, 3, I tell you nay, except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Jesus makes it as simple as he can. You repent, and if you don't, you will perish. Repent or perish. Repentance, we have godly sorrow. It leads to a change of mind that results in a change of action or lifestyle. Repentance, that's where you and I make the decision that I'm going to turn away from that which is sinful and wrong and I'm gonna come back to God. Repentance is a turning away from. If we're serving the devil now, we're turning away from him and we're coming back to King Jesus the Christ. And Jesus says, repent or perish. After we have repented, then we need to confess with our mouth. We need to make the same confession Ethiopian eunuch made in Acts chapter 8 in the latter part of verse number 37 when he said these words that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, is it true that everybody has to make this confession? Yes. Philippians chapter 2 verse number 11. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That confession has got to be made by everyone. And then after that confession has been made, it's time for us to be baptized. And what will baptism do for you and I? Well, Acts chapter 22, verse number 16. And Ananias said to Saul that day, and now why tarest thou? Or now what are you waiting for? Arise and be baptized, washing away thy sins and calling on the name of the Lord. He told him what to do, and he told him what it was for. Arise and be 
baptized. What is it for? Washing away thy sins and calling on the name of the Lord. The old you will go down in that watery grave. Your sins will be washed away and you'll come up a new creature in Christ Jesus. And what do you do from that day forward? Well, Revelation chapter 2, we're back in that book again. In the latter part of verse 10, Jesus says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. Friends, you've got to ask yourself the question, are you all right with God today? Are you saved? Is this the day that you make sure that everything is all right before you leave this auditorium? This may be the last opportunity you have to take advantage of the gospel. And if you're here today and maybe you simply stand in need of prayer, maybe you know of others who need the prayers of the church, we want to encourage you to come as we all together stand and sing the song of invitation. Bring Christ to 